0: Welcome to the Integrate Podcast with Site Collective. I'm Dom, I'm a designer and illustrator.
1: Hello, I'm Julia, I'm an illustrator and printmaker.
2: I'm Callum, I'm a designer and illustrator. And today we are joined by Jack Ames, uh, founder of Secondhand Press and creative at many other things in Norwich City. Um, He's a super clean designer and an all-round chill guy. So we're really looking forward to this one. How, How are you?
3: Yeah I'm, uh, yeah, I'm very good, thanks. I'm very busy in a weird time, but
2: I'm good. How are you guys?
0: All good, all good. Yeah, good. Locked down, though.
2: So, yeah, Jack, what, what, are, you, what are you up to at the moment? What's keeping, what's keeping you busy?
3: Uh, just working at the moment on second-hand press stuff. So, second-hand press is like an online independent record shop. Um, started off as selling second-hand records, um through Depop and then over the last few months has gone into buying stock from distributors and, and labels and selling new stuff. Um and then as of recently it's looking that it's going to become a shop um in Norwich along with uh, another creative who I'll probably keep secret for now, I guess. Um because we haven't announced it. But yeah, we're we're sort of working on producing a shop together and that's gonna be like in the city center. Um, and at the moment, I'm just kind of working on building and getting accounts with independent labels and distributors to kind of create a, a shop, yeah, a proper shop.
2: Yeah, it's very, very exciting, mate. We'll um, chat a little bit more about that later, but to start with, we wanted to um, ask you a little bit about your background, kind of uh, where you're from and and what, what brought you to Norwich in the first instance.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, so I did, I went to NUA uh which all of you guys do or did um yeah and I did uh graphic design then design for publishing and I graduated last year technically um and yeah and just did was doing a lot of freelance stuff I'm originally from Colchester um in Essex and then moved here and I've been living here ever since um yeah and while I was at uni did a lot of freelance stuff and kind of got on the train of doing music based design stuff so i was doing like a lot of promotional posters and a lot of gig stuff and then met uh ben street who is the founder of pizza club promotion at the time and then became wild paths um and we sort of developed a bit of a relationship and i ended up doing all the posters for pizza club and then through that we kind of started wild paths um and i was sort of the creative director for wild paths for Two years, two and, two and a bit years. Um, yeah. So did all the branding work for the first year, and did pretty much everything else with a small group of people, and then did the whole second year kind of on my own. Um, and then that's the branding that's being used kind of for the see- foreseeable. Um, yeah. But I've, I've taken sort of a leave because of the shop and everything. Um, but yeah.
0: How did you like? How did you sort of get into that? Were you always trying to like get into the, the music scene and make work to do with music or did you just sort of like bump into Ben and like, Oh, this is cool.
3: It was, a, it was actually kind of like a bit of both. I had gone to music school before going to art art, college, art, art, uni. Um, I like did music all, all through my childhood and like teenage years and was pretty set on doing music and then kind of got to the point where everyone was going to uni and I took two years out. Um, And I was playing drums for a guy who was doing lots and lots of shows and was doing a lot of that and was in bands and stuff and was getting to the point where I was like, I really need to start to think about what I want to do. Um, And I realised that like for everyone that I was playing for, I was like doing all their EP covers and single covers and everything. Right. And that was kind of like, as well as being the drummer, that was kind of my role. I was getting kind of roped into doing gig posters and everything. Yeah, band artist. Yeah, and at the at the start, I was like doing stupid like posters with Bill Murray on the front and like stupid <laughs> like pictures and things like that. And then when I realised that I could kind of do it alongside music, I just decided to find a degree. And I'd been to Norwich to see bands before, and had seen the uni, um, yeah, and had no art qualification really. Um, but I got in on my portfolio, um, and then when i met i was in my first year i think first or second year started my second year and i played a show in norwich with my band uh, american blondes at the time and ben was at the show and he was like oh, i really like your band i'm setting up this promotion promotion company and we'd like you to open the the promotion company nights thing with their their first night bermuda bobs it was like bermuda bobs opening night um, and we took the show and then he sent me the poster for the show and it was, I love him, but it was so bad. It was like a pizza hut mock-up, like a, like a pizza hut logo mock-up and all this kind of weird, weird stuff. And um, I was like, we'll do the show, but there's no way that we're using that poster, man. (laughs) Let me redesign your poster for you for free. Uh, And I did it. And then he was like, can I see the rest of your stuff? And I sent him a bunch of stuff and he's like, do you want to come on and be the designer um, for, for, pizza club Uh, and i said yeah and we we worked together really closely for like a year on pizza club stuff um and like i started like helping booking bands and stuff and was like getting bands from essex down and was doing bits like that and worked really closely on that and that was like a really intense project for like a year and a half and then wild Pass happened and it kind of took over my life a little bit
1: for wildpass what was kind of your main role what were your kind of responsibilities and what was your favorite part of it
3: um so i i was originally just i just kind of designed the initial branding um and we decided that i needed like a bit of a team to to do everything because there's certain stuff i'm i can do as a designer but there's a lot of stuff i'm not very good at as you as you guys know you know it's it's you find you yourself progressing so much more with other people around you who are better at other things than you. Um, so I, I sort of brought on five other students from NUA um, to help with that process. Um, so I brought on like Andrew Gooding to do kind of all the photography stuff, um, who went on to do everything for wild fields as well. Um, he's very, very talented. Uh, Jamie Greengrass, who's a motion designer primarily, but he kind of does a bit of everything and is one of the best designers I've ever met. Um, and Holly Battle and Phoebe Barker, who are also just two phenomenal designers um, to do kind of more print-based stuff. Holly also worked on, we did a an exclusive can of beer for Redwell Brewery and she did all the illustration for that. And then I did the typesetting. Um, that was kind of her main thing that she worked on. Uh, and then Phoebe did all the kind of Instagram stuff with me. Um, and then I had, uh, Amy Winston do all the illustration work for the initial branding, um, which was incredible. She was so good. Um, so yeah, I kind of built this, built this team round, round me, um, who were all really sweet and really helpful. Um, yeah. And I kind of headed off, off that whole entire team. Jamie ended up building the website as well. The initial first website. Um. And then we kind of, yeah, just just did it like that. My favorite, it's hard to pick a favorite bit, really, because it was all really stressful. Um, Yeah. very tiring. And um, the the weekend itself was amazing because it was like, it was, I didn't do anything that entire weekend except for, like, I played and I, like, got really drunk. um, (laughs) And I didn't do any work, really. Um, And when Jose Gonzalez played after the fire alarm went off, the, like, last song he played, like, me and ben and a few other people who were kind of put it all together we stood at the back together and we were kind of watching everything happen and it was very like euthoric and, and really lovely and then that late night jazz jam that happened um on the last night that was really cool because like everyone was there and it like bit of a party um yeah it was it was really great it was it was all really great uh but it was like the most time i've ever invested into anything mm-hmm. um yeah, and it was stressful, really stressful. Like, definitely.
2: That party at the end was 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 good fun. Yeah, a, yeah, very nice as well. Had a good yeah. time. I,
3: um, uh, I'll be honest, I can't really remember who was there. Um, I faintly remember you being there, Cal, But I, I don't, I don't remember a lot of it. I remember Dom.
2: We up and rapping. Yeah, so I convinced him. It was um, it was it was all jazz improv, as Jack said. Um and uh yeah people people would get up and and do a little bit and uh my housemate and and um our guest from last week um it does a little bit of um rapping and stuff and I managed to convince him to get up on stage it was a laugh yeah he he really did and he was really drunk as well Uh, he was amazing yeah he did really well um yeah is there something to like be said maybe for um getting yourself involved in like just like the art school environment even though you were like from a musician background like do would you recommend that for people who are kind of you know like yourself you're at a point in your life where you were deciding what you wanted to do with maybe your career or just in the future um yeah do you think the the perks of art school can can reach beyond maybe people who are like wanting to study art in the first instance
3: yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think it has a, a very conventional pathway, art school. You know, I think you can kind of utilize it in, in whatever way you want. It's really a chance. Yeah, like some people use it as a chance to really develop skill and it will develop your skill no matter what you're trying to do. But I think you can also use it in more unconventional ways to just develop yourself as a creative person um, and to create, create sort of creative businesses for yourself or, or anything really, you know um yeah definitely I think the more people I speak to I kind of hear of didn't don't really have much of a maybe they maybe have a creative background but not so much of an artistic background in the sense of like a traditional artistic background and I think that makes for just as interesting people as as the artists you know I think it's I think there has to be sort of an accumulation of the two for art art schools to create really incredible people and like incredible groups of people um and you find when those when those groups mix, that's when really exciting things start to happen. I think, um, you know, which is I think probably why I don't know your I don't know your backgrounds really, but you know I think that's why things like site kind of happen is because you have this accumulation of so many people coming in and, and throwing ideas into something so exciting, and then it only does good for the community, you know, because more people are driven to be a part of something big, and it's it's kind of like a knock on effect; it has an effect on everyone. Um, yeah
2: yeah for sure i think i feel like designers are like uh the collectors and like facilitators of just creative community things happening um because in the first instance they don't necessarily like create illustrations they don't create things but they they can kind of they have the ability to make things look good and collect multiple ideas and kind of arrange them in hierarchies and things that the people want to look at, basically. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think like your designs do that really well. Um, your style is mm-hmm. quite clean as well. I don't know if you were like, if you have any designers who particularly have influenced you beyond like, kind of your illustrative edge and like the fact that you really like um, stuff to do with music. I don't know if there's any other designers that you kind of cite for getting you into to design practice.
3: Oh, man, I'm so, you know, I'm so bad at, like, remembering names of people. My memory's so bad. I'm um, I i I'm sure there's loads. I have, like, the obvious ones, like um, like Silbas and, and Reed Miles was a big one when I was a kid, uh, like, the Blue Note uh, designer. He yeah. was, like, a huge part of my design background when I was a kid, like, in my design interest. Um, but, like, I think ultimately it comes from just – I'd stared at record covers non-stop as a kid and was so interested in it and and so and like comic books and things like that I was just so interested by um and like even like stuff like skateboard designs and things like that like I was just so interested by as a kid um so when you start to sort of uh digest all of those visuals and start to think I think you just naturally gain some sort of style um yeah, I'm not sure. There's no one person I think I can really like pin it down to. Um, yeah, lots of just visual interest around me. I grew up as well. Like my both my folks worked at a theater when I was a kid. Um, so I like was around theater stuff, my like childhood basically. Um, and my dad went on to work for like TV and film. So I, like I've been around kind of creative visual stuff since I was little. So I've always been very interested in it um so that may have something to do with it as well
1: um so you you were just saying how um album covers and record covers have um really influenced your style probably and that you've always had an interest um is that kind of why you started the second hand press or how did that come about
3: yeah i second hand press um i don't know really it it like I have like an abundance of records at home. Um, And I had a lot, I worked at HMV when I was like a teenager Um, from like the ages of like 16 to 18 or something. Um, And got like 35% off on everything. Um, So I used that time when I was a kid to like buy loads of records and waste all my money. Um, Not waste all my money, that's what my folks used to tell me. But um, I accumulated so many records that were so bad that I just brought because either like I like the look of them or like I think I would listen to them but I wouldn't. So it was kind of like a, well I can kind of purge my record collection, get rid of some of the stuff that I don't actually want. I've never listened to. Um, and then the more I did it, the more I was like, you know, this is actually great and this is actually really fun. And I'd always talked when I was when I was a kid like I my big thing was like I'm gonna open a record shop, you know, and that's gonna be my thing. And you know, my mum actually said to me the other day like you've been talking about owning a record shop more than you've spoken about anything, you know, in terms of your career. Um, so secondhand fresh was really just a way for me to like start that, I guess. And, and, and because of lockdown as well, I like wanted something to do and wanted something to put my time into. And it was kind of fun branding it and things like that as well. Like I didn't, I didn't have to kind of think about too much. I could just make a logo and then didn't have to go much further than that. Um so yeah, secondhand press is just a it, it's become it's becoming like a bigger thing and becoming like a, bit, a bigger brand um in terms of like how much work I've got to do. But the brand is also changing for the shop. So it's completely being renamed and the logo is completely changing. Um so that's what I'm what I'm working on at the moment essentially is branding the whole thing again um with the other people in mind that are working on it with me. Um so yeah.
1: Sounds so exciting. I can't wait to see the actual shop. Um, one more question about records. Um, is there a particular record that like cover that you remember that is your favourite or that's stuck with you forever?
3: Um,
1: I know it's a big question, but...
3: Massive question. Um, oh, I don't know, man. I have so many. I'm like a sucker for the Beatles as well. Like, I know it's very cliche, but like, I'm, I, I love the Beatles so much um and like they will always be like some of my favorite covers and i love all the blue note stuff as well like all the blue note covers um all the king giz covers as well like i think have become like somehow they managed to create like instant classic covers every time they release an album yeah. um i can't remember that guy's name is it is it cool juice or juice? i can't remember that.
2: What's the yeah that's name? the instagram and I can't remember I think they work so well together because they're all they're all pals um he goes touring with the band and stuff um but yeah the 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 productivity rate to the standard of work that they put out in terms of artwork and music is is insane um yeah yeah um yeah. I don't know. You, you, you work in a similar way, mate. You do You do a lot, you do a lot of things, but somehow remain very chilled out. Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't know how, I don't know how you do it. I, I do a lot of things. And I, I, I don't know. I get quite, I get quite stressed out. Um, do you have any like nuggets of knowledge for uh, keeping, keeping hustling, but being, uh, being chilled no, out?
3: because I get so stressed and so uh caught up in it all and so nervous i think it's really important to like um like when i when i'm around people and when i'm kind of hanging out with people you know i try and put it kind of to the as much to the side as possible because i think it's important to kind of just be present and have a have some time with people and whatever but jet like day to day i'm quite a stressed person you know like i i'm quite i get quite stressed and quite nervous about everything um and I think it's part of it, unfortunately. You know, when you take on that amount of work, it's kind of part of that process. If you want to put yourself in that place, you have to be ready to ultimately for it to become very overwhelming. And when I was doing wild paths, that like I got asked that question so often, um, to the point where it became a little bit tiring getting asked. It. It's like, Oh, how do you like how are you still like sane and how are you managing all this stuff? And like you must be like, how do you not get stressed out and it's like, Oh no, I'm I'm very stressed. <laughs> like but I just, you know, I just keep it to the confines of my living room, um, yeah. you know, but I think it's important to know that like that amount of work can can stress you out and be very overwhelming, but ultimately like you can only do so much, you know, and you have to kind of put yourself first and, and, you know, I spend a lot of time at the beach as well and like sea swimming and things like that, even when it's really cold um, and that really helps, you know, doing things like that really helps. Um, and having a good community of people around you I think is integral you know no no one can do anything monumental on their own I don't think you know I think it's while past absolutely wasn't just me you know it never was Um, and the new shop absolutely isn't me you know on my own Um, you know it's integral to have people around you and even if they're not working directly with you I think it's important just to have people to listen and to even if you're not talking about you being stressed, I think it's important just to have people around you who want to chat and hang out and, you know, play video games or whatever, you know, it's, a, it's an, it's an important thing. Um, yeah. I think just acknowledging the fact that you're stressed is, is an important thing and taking the time for yourself. Um, I can't say to like sleep more or anything like that. Cause I don't really do that. I'm not going to pretend. <laughs> I, I don't do yoga. I don't sleep. I don't, I drink too much caffeine. So, but you know, people is important, I think, and, and yeah, the beach for sure.
2: Cool, thanks Thanks for sharing that, mate. Yeah, thank you. So,
3: uh, sorry, I was gonna ask you guys uh, <laughs> sorry, you're flipping, you you're because, flipping that. Uh, I was gonna ask you what your favorite albums are as I'm
0: opening a shop. I wanted Ooh. to know your favorite albums.
1: I uh, know mine.
0: Yeah, I know mine. Kidding, Julia.
1: Mine is. El Mal Querer by Rosalía. She's a Spanish singer. Um, it's a really cool album. The whole album is based off a book, um, wow. a really old book, and every song is a different chapter of the book, and it's a whole story. Wow. And it's all about this um, love story of this woman that's in love with a man, but he's really, really abusive. So it's, it's kind of heartbreaking, but it's beautiful. Wow, cool. Yeah, sent to me. Will do for sure.
2: Um mine is probably um uh do you guys know Touche, Touche More? I do, yeah. Um probably probably stage four by them. Um if you know the album, you you know what it's about. Um yeah, it came to me at like quite an important time in my life. Um and it was like a big kind of uh grief working through album. For me. Um, It's very angry, it's very sad, um, but it's also quite uplifting and cathartic. Um, It's basically about the the lead singer's mum going through cancer treatment. Um, Yeah, there's definitely other albums. I'm a very mood-based, what's my favourite album at a certain time, Um, but I'm pretty sure that's stuck around with me consistently since when it was released back in 2016 2017 probably um yeah
0: that's a good album um mine would be a massive attack album i'm not really sure which one probably like blue lines or mezzanine and and similar to like you were saying jack it's like you know i i like the music a lot but it's sort of i've drawn a lot of inspiration from the style and the graphic design from those covers as well.
3: Yeah, I think it's insane how it plays such a role in it um, for everyone, you know, and I think that tends to be while vinyl is, is, is kind of becoming so relevant again because people are kind of connecting with things that they can hold and, you know, and they can become part of and and, and this it, like tactility that we have this need for now, yeah. you know, I think
0: that's yeah. I, think I saw you have a... I mean, you're you, you um, part of this um, vintage uh, pop-up, Worthless Vintage, right? Yeah. 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 So that,
3: that was a, um, so Worthless Vintage is a uh, sort of an online vintage clothing shop uh, run by Cat Stones. Uh, and she kind of produces all this and finds all this incredible Western 70s style vintage clothing that she like handpicks all of it um and then post it on her this depop site um but she's done a few pop-ups in norwich at studio 20 um and i went to the first one that they did there the year before of last um and it was so so cool and i got to talking to her a little bit and we would kind of stayed in contact and then when they announced they were going to do the second one i had just started secondhand press um and we had a conversation where it was like, well, you know, my brand kind of works with your brand. Why don't I come and do something and, and it'll be cool. And we ended up doing it. So we did this kind of pop-up together um, and yeah, it was great. It was so cool. We did this, we were sort of um, picking these outfits and then putting albums next to them that kind of related to the outfit and um, did like a Stevie Nicks thing. And it was really cool. And uh, we also did like a, cause I work for strangers coffee as well. We also did a, uh, like a coffee roast for the pop-up, um, which was super cool. And those guys like proper hooked us up. Um, so yeah, it was great. And it's kind of been a relationship that's carried on and we've been doing other stuff. Um, so yeah.
2: Norwich is great for people just working together on things. Like you were saying earlier, it's not about people on their own. I think, like working with people on ventures like that there's a lot of people doing similar similar creative and independent things in norwich and i think working with people is 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 always a good thing um i know you're massive massive on your on your food and drink as well we spoke a little while ago about um some some ideas um relating to things to do with food i don't know if that's something you've you've been thinking about more at all Cause I was really interested in that. I mean, if you have any time for that in your calendar or just when we can, you know, do dinner parties and things again.
0: Yeah,
3: man. Yeah. I, it's, it's like another thing that I've always loved. Um, like I went from working. So when I finished at HMV as a kid, like I went straight to working in restaurants and then I've worked in restaurants since then. So since I was like 18 really, um, which doesn't feel like that long ago, but it's actually like seven years ago, which is shocking. Um, and so for now, now I work at uh, Le Hexagon, which is a French bistro in Norwich. Um, before that, I worked at like Blue Joanna. And then before that, I worked at Peck. And before that, Delhi is loads of shit. So it's like, and, um, you know, so there's, there's it's always there, like, and I'm always fascinated by it. Um, I think I'm more like interested in produce now. I find myself like so interested in what produce I'm buying and what where I'm buying it from and things like that. But yeah, I'd love to do something you know I'd love for the you know for wherever whatever we do with the shop I'd love to sell like some sort of produce but you know that's like a long way off yeah I've got to learn how to sell records first but you know I you know I'd love to do dinner parties or like a supper club or something like that um, but working in restaurants has kind of um, scratched that itch for me for the for the longest time Do you know what I mean it's kind of been what I've needed I'm working at somewhere like the hexagon as well, which is like they're kind of at the peak of Norwich sort of food at the moment. They're doing so well and they're It's such a small operation and kind of watching two people smash it on the Norwich food scene and be that close to It's so exciting. So it's kind of allowing me to have that creative enjoyment out of food, you know, and I cook so much at home as well, as, I'm, as we, again, we've talked about, Yeah. Uh, but we talked loads that day about kind of things we could do and, and making a food zine or or a food periodical in some way. Um, I remember that day I was super like jacked up on caffeine. I'd had like nine coffees that day, and I like. Yeah. I remember finishing that meeting with you, and I like couldn't even see straight.
2: Uh-huh. We spoke about a lot of stuff. It was very. It was I was very really fast as well. Yeah. Well, there you we go. Good combination. It worked though. We were we were generating <laughs> ideas at a. At a rate. Yeah. Yeah, like turning them out. I think um there's definitely scope like when you have a physical space to do things like that and things with food as well are great for creative things and for community things you can you can um I've started reading this book um by Salmon Nostrat, and yeah there's a lot of like uh the the stories behind the food um and like getting different people together in the community to like think creatively about food and try different things i don't know maybe maybe one of these days there'll be a, a Beatles themed in. i can't do that <laughs> i'll get
3: i'll get ripped apart i can't do that i um i actually read i read one of her books recently the um the best american food writing of 2019 or something
2: oh yeah
3: uh, she like edited this book of just just uh, her favorite food writing nonfiction food writing of that year and it's so good um i'll have to send it your way
2: i'm on salt salt fat acid heat
3: yeah that's a good Um, one
2: great great netflix show as well i don't know what was first but yeah the books yeah
3: yeah man that's so good
2: yeah for sure yeah do you have any other any other ideas that you're that you're you have in the pipeline at the moment in terms of like where you want to go with maybe your like graphic design practice or anywhere um we were chatting just before we we joined this podcast about like people's ideal kind of industry um setups so like you know freelancing sometimes into working a studio day rate sometimes to other things um I mean I know I know there's design studios focused on on music. I interned at um Stylo Rouge um down in Kent. Mm-hmm. Um very interesting guy, Rob there. Um did all of the Pink Floyd and Blur album artwork and stuff. Um but yeah I didn't know if any if anything like that is on your radar or you're you're solely freelancing for them for the moment.
3: Yeah, I mean yeah I mean there's never studios have never been something that I've been that that fussed about. Um I we'll continue to do design stuff for the shop and, and for things like that. I mean, like the long-term goal for this whole project, you know, which is something that we may have spoken about, you know, is, is I would really like to open a pressing plant in Norwich. I'd really like to press records in Norwich or in Norfolk. Um, and with that kind of have some sort of design studio with it, you know, cause that process requires so much design and so much creativity. Um, you know I, that's kind of the long term plan for me or the you know the, the the ideal plan um unfortunately things like that as you probably know cost a lot of money um you know but it's not not to say it won't happen you know there's there's ways of of, of coming about that money and getting funding and whatever um you know in the shop for me whatever that shop is going to be i'm trying not to give too much away about the shop i don't think i'm doing very good um you know it, it's kind of like the first the starting point of that you know is is the first first move to make you know to get there but I would love to have the pressing plan and, and to work with that and work on designing record covers as well as that you know um I still do a bit of that now you know with with people I've got some friends in London who kind of have a little bit of a musical collective who still do a lot of stuff um and I'm sort of doing bits for them every so often um but yeah really for me at the moment it's just focusing soul on this on this project um and getting that moving and a lot of designing i think will come with that you know we want it to be i want it to have merch and i want it to have things that people want and you know but yeah long-term a pressing plant but other than that there's no other real thing in my brain um that i'm sort of excited to go towards except for this
2: cool i think um when we first had the kind of conversation, you were chatting a bit about um, like a- approaching kind of labels and, and distribution places. I don't know if there's any, any ones you can share that you're that you're going to at the moment that might be a reach too far. We might.
3: No, no, it's not at all. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, so we've been talking to big scary monsters who are based in, I think Oxford um and they're a british distribution and a label uh and they focus more on that kind of punky emo stuff so they've got but then they've got like american football distribute from them over here and they've got like um modern baseball and turnover and some people like that i think turnover also we've been speaking to run for cover um who i've just got just got the account with which is cool
2: i love run for cover probably one yeah, like, favorite record labels
3: ever <laughs> yeah they are, they are absolutely my favorite um and so they've been they're so nice man they're such nice people and they've been so sweet and we were gonna they have a few ways of going about with distribution so that you can either go through like a major big re- distribution company or you can go through them directly and I've chosen to go through them directly even though that I'm probably going to go for the account with the bigger one just because I kind of want to have something to do with them because I'm like a bit of a fanboy of theirs yeah um, and that was really cool getting a stock list for that. Cause it was like a list of all my favorite bands. Um, and then we've got some accounts with some bigger distributors who focus primarily on independent labels, um, and labels like Matador and rough trade and people like that. Um, okay. which means we can get things like pavement in and parquet courts, which is the best. Um, yeah. And then there's some bigger ones that do kind of more major label stuff. Um, that we have accounts with, but we isn't as exciting for me. It's very exciting that we have it, but the main thing for me really is to have like run for cover and matador and, and rough trade and stones throw and people like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Stones throw too, all all sorts of all sorts of big things. I think um yeah, it'd be nice to see. Maybe we'll see like a, a basement or like a parkway courts, you know, launch show or something. Can you imagine? Man, amazing. That's a dream.
3: Um I want, I want Andrew Savage in my shop shouting at someone's mum.
2: Yeah.
3: Horribly. <laughs> That's the dream. Um yeah, that all that stuff, like I was just literally ordering before I jumped on and I got to the King Giz section of of this stockist. And it was like every King Giz album on vinyl, and I can order them. And it's like even now, like it's so, it's just so exciting, and I get so like caught up in it. Um so yeah, it'll all be there. Hopefully people will get a real like kick out seeing all, their, all the bands that you don't usually see on vinyl, like in a shop around here.
2: Yeah, yeah, shop. definitely. Because there's only really one other shop and they don't have everything. You can ask the no. guy to get one in, but I think it's going to be, it's going to fill a gap in a market for young people as well. Yeah. Um, that's your target audience or people who are massive music fans, but a lot of the music is, of those record labels that's of our generation um for sure um and yeah it's great to see obviously stones bro and more maybe hip-hop stuff um yeah at some point would be very cool too um
3: we've actually got someone curating the hip-hop section really because i don't i'm i love hip-hop but like i I don't pretend like i know a lot about it because i don't really um and i've got a a friend called quinn you know quinn who did yeah. uh, Bonneteer and all that stuff? Yeah. Um, he's like a huge hip hop head and, and he's so knowledgeable in that scene. Um, so he's kind of coming on and picking the hip hop section, the initial hip hop buy, which will be really cool. Nice. Um, so he's getting, and that I'm kind of trying to do that with a few other genres. So I'm getting a few people from the Norwich scene who know lots about a particular genre to so sort of come on and pick records for the shop because i just think then it becomes more of a community-based thing rather than just me acting like i know everything about everything and picking records that people don't necessarily want um so that's the the idea for the shop is it for it to be really a community space and it to be somewhere where people can sit and hang out and talk and you know um yeah that's that's it really It, it, it should be really great
1: um, do you know what sort of um genres you're kind of looking for just in case there's someone that is like really knowledgeable knowledge of you?
3: Um, to be honest, I've kind of got most of them I've asked so many people. i I say like I'm trying to keep the shop really secret, but I've told so many people out of pure excitement um, and I mean, like I, I don't know a lot about like, metal and like real heavy rock stuff i know a little bit um and i know my kind of fair share of punk stuff but that kind of heavy rock sort of stoner rock stuff i'm not very knowledgeable on um and dance music and electronic music i'm so bad at it's like the one genre that i'm i feel like such an old man like i just don't really I i don't want to say like i don't get it but like i i just i don't really i think it's great and i definitely understand why people love it um and i listen to a little bit of it but it goes over my head so much. Um, but I'm so keen to have it in the shop and to to cater for that audience because I know there's such a massive dance and electronic audience in Norwich. Um, but I've actually got someone kind of helping me with that. Um, so yeah, but anything really, if anyone has any ideas, chuck them my way. I I definitely want people to like, not too many, but like <laughs> I want people to like, don't just start throwing shit at me, but like, I, you know, I want, I want people to like, you know, have a say in like, when we open, there'll be a lot of that. You know, I want people to be able to kind of ask and, and be like, oh, you should get this in and then it kind of come in the next month and things like that. Um, but yeah, there's lots of stuff happening with the shop. There's a lot I haven't announced is a good way of putting it, I guess.
1: That's very exciting. Thank you.
3: Thanks.
0: I've got quite a random question for you. I saw you got a Super 8 camera and I was wondering if you'd shot a lot on it.
3: Have I? I don't I don't think I do.
0: You don't have a Super 8 camera? No. Oh. oh.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no, I did. Sorry. Yeah, that's on my design picture, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, man. I proper- <laughs> yeah.
0: Um,
3: yeah, I did have a Super 8 camera. Um. And we did shoot on it, but it's so hard to get Super 8 developed. Right. Uh, and it costs loads of money. So I got one and my friend got one from back home. And I used mine a little bit, but he used his loads. And he shot some little films of his his brother um and neither of us ever got them developed
0: Uh, (laughs) just because it's so expensive and like rare to find a developer yeah
3: super eight developed now um so yeah i've got one somewhere um and so has he but i mean it's got just a bank of rubbish on it really and he's probably got some obscure films on his um so yeah i do have one but no i haven't on it. sorry
0: yeah, I was just wondering because I've, I've seen some footage that and it does look really cool. But yeah, I know. I know it's just like it's a very expensive way to do it when you can just probably put some filters on um on like your video on Instagram or something like that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I love stuff like that so much. And I have I have some cameras and stuff like everyone does, I guess now. But like, um yeah, I would love to do more with it. It'd be so cool. I'd love to make uh, There's a guy that I follow who did the music videos for a band called Half Noise um and he shoots all on film cameras like old film cameras like that yeah it's so interesting and like the the way it looks is so mad i'll send them to you um yeah i I would love to but yeah
0: don't know how yeah you only you only get like two minutes i think yeah to film right which is yeah it's pretty crazy
3: yeah i have little knowledge of that that process but i would love to be amazing
2: I think we'll we'll wrap there but just before we go is there anything you want to you want to leave people with
3: yeah uh so secondhand press has an instagram uh which is at secondhand press and then uh all other creative updates and things like that are on my instagram which is just jack a Ames. um so yeah that's it really that's and then as, as things go on and as things get announced it'll be all announced on there um yeah
2: thanks mate
0: very, thank very so much. nice to meet you
3: yeah, nice to meet you too. Well, I've you know seen
0: you at Bob? strangers. I, I'm sure I've seen you at strangers before.
3: Yeah, but that's it. Me and Dom have never spoke. This is the first time.
0: <laughs> really? That's yeah. yeah. That's funny.